But um, tonight is a very special night. Uh, I know for her, and I know for many of you in here, uh, Ginger came here, how many years ago, Ginger? Four? Three and a half? I was thinking about four. That's a pastor thing, by the way. I always say, hey, just the other day, and Leah sometimes like, that was seven years ago. I'm like, oh, oh, well, you know, just sometime in the last 10, 20 years, Ginger came to this church, even though I only came here seven years ago, six and a half. And she came here and just got planted and had repented and been away from God for a long time, repented, put her faith back in God. And I've seen her grow in the last three and a half, four years just in an incredible way. And I am so blessed and so, um, so, so blessed just to be a part of what God's doing in your life, Ginger. And I know many of us feel the same way. And she's going to share about her missions and her training that she did and share a little bit of the word with you tonight. But with no further ado, could you guys welcome Miss Ginger Dryden, our dear sister, minister of the word, woman of God, awesome woman of God right here. Come on, Christian Center Church, you can give it up better than that. Come on, come on, come on. I'm sorry, we'll dismiss the kids upstairs and the youth. Hi, guys. I came back from Africa. Oh, wow. So, first off, um, I'm going to greet you, not greet you. I'm just going to say Twalumba, which is thank you in Tonga, which is the language of the Zambians that uh, we mostly dealt with. There are many different tongues over there. Many different languages, but Tonga is one of the main ones. And the reason I say thank you is you guys pretty much sent me out there. God sent me, but this church provided 87% of what I needed to go. So that's, um, yeah, Tualumba. And wait, let me do it the Zambian way. Tualumba. Every, everywhere you go, you just greet somebody, and it's you just actually, like in the mornings, we say Mabo Cabo Tea, and they come back and say Mabo Cabo Tea, and then they say Kabuto, and I'm not really sure what that one means, but we say it back, and then it's a Tualumba thing, and so we're just, that's how we're all greeting each other over there, and eventually I will learn the language. Um, so there's a lot of you here that followed me on Facebook, so you know that my time over there was with not without its own issues. Um, I got sick after our first expedition. I, I actually even got pneumonia. So that was real fun. I got to spend a lot of time in my room. Um, after our second expedition, I came back and got sick again. It did not make it to pneumonia because we headed it off first. But... I probably spent probably a total of three weeks in my room, in my bed, which gave me three weeks to spend with God because I was kind of by myself. Um, Like not the whole time was over there wasn't meant to spend with God and get in his presence, but it gave me the opportunity to do something that I had never done before, which was to thank him even in the midst of um, issues and problems and not understanding why I was spending weeks in the bed instead of being with my classmates. 
but I, I stuck it out. Um, I thanked him, praised him through it. Um, I cried. I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't throw myself some pity parties here and there because I was so sick and I was just like, I don't get it. I don't understand, but I'm going to praise you and thank you anyways. So, and he got me through, you know, obviously I didn't die. I'm back. (laughs) And, uh, so, wow. What can I tell you about the first, um, expedition that we went out on? It was, it was so, it was so cool. Uh, I don't know if anyone here has ever led, you know, I'm assuming that most of y'all probably led somebody to the Lord before. I never had. Um, You know, this last three years, sadly, was more about the Lord fixing things in me that needed to be fixed and getting me aligned and obviously getting me ready to go to Africa. So the first person that, uh, that we led to the Lord, um, It's really hard to describe because you like literally can see these people go from dark to light. I mean, you see it in their, in their eyes. It's like they, they, they get it. And and let me tell you, the, the Zambian people are, are not known for outwardness uh, of motion and affection. Like literally you can, you can, you know, pray for healing for someone and they will go, I am healed. Thank you. And you're like, are you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, but you just got to go with it. So that was, that was very interesting because this is like, they don't show emotion. They don't, they don't, you know, sometimes they do. Uh, <laughs> we had this, this one guy that, that we got out there and, you know, um, he was saved, and you know we asked all the, the questions. He knew who Jesus was. He said he'd received salvation. So we asked if he wanted to receive the Holy Spirit, because it's just like why not? And he was like all about that. And the coolest thing about that is, you know, like he was on his knees and and he started trembling. And I'm assuming praying in tongues. He could have been speaking Tonga. I don't know. But he was definitely praying in a language that I couldn't understand. But the cool thing about this guy was we went to, he was like the first house that we went to that day. And he followed us from house to house the rest of the day. He was so hungry to hear. I mean, and we said the same things at every house that we went to. But he was so hungry just to hear, it's like every time we showed, every time we got to a new place, and we don't know where he came from, because by the second, third house, we were like looking behind us going, where is he? And he still showed up, and it's just like, okay, you know, he just wanted to hear about Jesus, he wanted to hear about the word of God, and that night we had a, uh, a night meeting, he came to the night meeting, we had a night meeting every night that we went out, um, house to housing, um, so, you know, that was really cool. And I don't, I don't, I don't think the night meeting picture made it, but that's okay. Um, the kids, can you show the picture of the kids? Um, so wherever we went, there should be another one that's similar to that. Nope. That's our worship service. We had, well, while we're here, no, you can go back to that one. That's that's a meeting. We did Kids on Fire, this thing called Kids on Fire. 
Um, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> the kids over there, a lot of them, they love white people. Um, they, they want to touch you. It's really weird. It's just like, they think that they've done something if they touch the makua and that's white in Tonga. So they had a blast, um, just playing with us and, uh, wearing us out, um, or wearing me out anyways. Um, and you guys wonder why I lost weight. I mean, look at them. So, uh, can you bring, show the picture of me and the little boy? This little guy, this little guy is actually one of the reasons why I'm going back and why I'm going back to the base that I'm going to. Um, his name is Alvin and he has cerebral palsy. Um, and probably about three months before uh, I went to the Chipepo base, his mother put him on her back and carried him three hours from where she lived to the Chipepo base to ask the people at the Chipepo base for help. And he impacted uh, Chelsea, who is my future boss. <laughs> Um, so much that while we were there, she decided to take us because she just had wanted to check in, wanted to see the see Alvin. The thing about it is, is his father won't even recognize him, will not accept him any way, shape, or form. He's not his son in his eyes. Um, the people out there think that Alvin was cursed. Um, does he look cursed? Yeah, he was so sweet. He was laughing and playing. I mean, he doesn't know that he has a disability. And we prayed. We prayed over him, actually. Um, I prayed. And as I was praying, one of the girls in the group, the the girl Jenna that was with us, um, she actually had a vision of what I was praying. Like everything that I was praying is going to come to pass. So we're like believing 100% for his healing and that he is going to be a mighty man of God in Zambia. And his testimony is going to to change people over there because they're going to know what he was like when he was little. So when the Lord heals him, I want to be there. So I'm going to be there. Um, oh, wow. What else? Um, we did have some deliverances. Uh the very first night, uh, the very first day that we were out there, this one lady, we were praying for healing. And uh, we had to pray for her twice. And this, after the second time, she moved away from us. And this was like with laying on hands and everything like that. And she moved away from us. And then we're kind of just talking. And she starts uh, manifesting. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't like in a very aggressive way. It was just like, we're all just kind of watching her and wondering why she's moving the way she's suddenly moving. And it was just like, and you know, we're kind of looking at each other. It's just like, you know, and we come to an agreement that she's manifesting. So we, we, we pray for, her. we cast the demon out, turned out that her and her husband had been involved in a lot of blood magic. And she had the scars. You could see the scars on the back of her neck, on her chest where they where they scar them. So her and her husband had we had them um, repent of the blood magic and and took care of that and 
you know, which is something we really didn't ex- expect. And that's one thing that's really bad over there is they can know about Jesus. You know, they could tell you about Jesus. But then when something comes up in their lives, then they're going to the traditional doctors, the witch doctors, for their help. So we're, so one of the things that we had to constantly, we're constantly running into was like, you guys can't do this. You know, you've got to choose Jesus or this. You can't do them both because you're, you're just hurting yourself and you're opening doors that um, you don't want to open. So um, the last group had a big deliverance. I didn't, I wasn't in that group, but they all came back all super excited. I was actually kind of glad because I guess that was a pretty serious deliverance that they uh, that they uh, dealt with. But uh, yeah, um, the kids the kids are the most important ones that we're actually trying to reach over there, um, and that's Overland has this thing called Kids on Fire. And Kids on Fire, it's like they, we go out there and, and we're teaching them the Bible and doing skits with them, having them memorize verses. I mean, and these kids are hungry. They're hungry for it. And if we can get them while they're young, it's kind of like, you know, the verse says, raise them up as children, show them the way, and they will never depart from it. And the one thing that they've, they've done the studies and they said that if, if the kids get the, get the word at a young age, um, even if they stray, they're going to come back. You know, uh, I'm a testament to that. I mean, I was saved as a, as a teenager, and I strayed. I strayed for a long time, but I came back because, you know, I, I was brought up right. So we're trying to obviously reach the kids. We want to reach the adults. We're trying to make disciples of the adults. Um, can you show the, the one of the people all at the, like with books in front of them? This right here is something that is rarely seen, especially over there. These are pastors from various different churches. So we're trying to unify the churches over there as well and and get them on the same page because we've got a lot of different religions over there. We've got we've got Mormons over there. We've got um uh Latter-day Saints. Um you know, you've got the just different ones that are so steeped in religion that they won't listen to like stuff about the Holy Spirit. Like we had this one family like shut us down. And it was the only time, the entire time that I was over there, that we basically got asked to leave um, very nicely in a Zambian way. The guy literally said, well, we hope that you have a great trip back to your homelands. And that was his um, invitation for us to leave his house, <laughs> which, you know, it's like, okay, we, we know. But it was all about because we were trying to talk to him about the Holy Spirit, and they just they didn't care. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. So that's a bit sad. But if we can start getting people around them and if we can start getting pastors to come together and, and read the Bible together and teach them as a group then it's going to go down to their congregation. It's going to go down to their flocks. And that's one of the cool things about Overland 
is Overland is about the gospel. They're about God. They're about Jesus. They're not about philanthropy. Not that they don't do it, but it's not their first thing. The first thing with Overland is the gospel, is Jesus. That's, and, and, and Phil Smuthers, our founder, will tell you that. That's, that's it. We'll go over and we'll fix their boreholes, which is the well, but they call it a borehole over there. Um, we'll fix them up for them. We'll teach them things. We have a program in Overland called the Sustain Program. That's really cool. We teach them sometimes business um, ish, how to start businesses. They teach them how to. They have a system called um, Farming God's Way, which is not Overland's. We've just borrowed it, but it was designed specifically for Africa so that these people can learn how to better steward their lands and actually grow crops in, in seasons where it's not raining much. And if they, they put the prayer into it and they actually dedicate their lives to it, it's not just it's not just farming. It's farming God's way. So it's a whole lifestyle change for them. But it's effective. It's, a, it, it's, it's, very, it's very effective. Um, wow. So some of the things that happened over there <laughs> for me. Um, every AMT, they have this thing called a revival week and (sighs) revival week started out rough for me (laughs) because I had so many expectations that I had to let go of in a way because I was expecting the Lord to move in ways with me that he basically told me to let go of my expectations, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it was just like, okay, so but towards the end, things uh, things change. But um, we did this really cool thing where we had baskets lined up at the altar. And we were given the option, and I don't know of anyone who did not take this option. But it was to step into the basket. And these were offering baskets. But then we were offered to step into the baskets and offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Which for missionaries, it actually was very fitting, and that was uh, definitely a turning point for for many of our lives out there. Um, I got hit by the joy of the Lord multiple times by children. It wasn't an adult that imparted it to me; <laughs> it was children. Every single time, it was a child that I got it, and that's actually not lost on me that he used children to do that, but. Um, Wow, so much. I mean, I really, the biggest thing, and this this hopefully, and I'm not going to have a lot of time, but this is going to kind of take us into, into a little bit of a word. Um, one of our worship service, if you could bring up that picture with everybody with their arms raised again. That one. Every morning, Monday through Friday, we had worship. We had worship from 8.30 to 9 every day. And I actually miss that a lot. (laughs) But one of the mornings, Libby, who is the the head of Overland Music, she stopped it about halfway through and she said, I really feel like the Lord wants um, y'all to break up into little small groups and prophesy over each other. And I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) Little did I know. So I was with one of the students, one of my classmates, and then one of the staff members there. We were doing our little group. 
And I'm like searching. I'm like, Lord, you know, give me something. What do you want me to say? You know, give me a word for either of them. And, uh, I was hit so hard that it almost put me on my knees with his love for my classmate. And so I am like standing there and I'm like bawling. And I finally get a chance to tell her. And I'm like just bawling and she's bawling. All three of us are bawling and I'm just telling her how much he loves her. I'm like, he just wants you to know that he absolutely loves you. And I'm like feeling this love. And it's like a love that I have never felt in my entire life. Like I said, it almost put me on my knees. And it didn't hit me till later because I was like, wow, that, you know, that was so cool. And then later I was like, that love that I felt for her, that was for her, he felt for me. And he feels for every single one of you. And I had been, I had been asking for like an encounter with him. You know it. <laughs> I had been asking for just like a tangible thing. And it came in such a very unexpected way. Um, you know, when you're, when you're praying for something for someone else and then you realize, you know, later that what you got for someone else was actually for yourself too. And, uh, so, <laughs> so I'm going to kind of segue into a little bit of a, a message if I can. Um, so I'm going to go into Ephesians, uh, three, 17 through 19. And it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the goodness of God. So, you know, I'm going over this. I really had another thing all planned for tonight, and yeah, God changed that. So I decided to look up the meanings of rooted and grounded. Um, they seem like they're really self-explanatory words, right? I mean, rooted and grounded. So rooted in the Greek is, I love the Greek words, hydrizo-o, um, which is to root or figuratively become stable. So Jesus' love makes us stable. Now, grounded, I'm going to build upon this one, and you'll get that in a second. Grounded is thimelio, and it's from thimelioos. <laughs> and what it is is something put down, and it's a substruction of a building, literally, literally or figuratively, it's a foundation. So what do we build upon is that foundation. Jesus is our foundation, right? He is literally our foundation. And the, the thing that, that we put roots into to stabilize us is his love. 
I mean, it changes you. And if you're stabilized and rooted and grounded in your foundation of Jesus, how can you not change? So, <laughs> Jesus tells us in, 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 in all the Gospels to the love the Lord our God with all of our heart, strength, soul, and mind. Which, by the way, takes us all the way back to Deuteronomy 6.5, um, where Moses wrote it first. So it's not a coincidence that Jesus quoted Moses. Um, but then Jesus also added, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, he literally tells us in John fifteen twelve that this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. But how can you do any of this? How can you love him? as he loved you, if you don't believe that he loves you. And unfortunately, there's a big, bo- big portion of the body of Christ that's like, okay, I'm saved, but I don't really believe that he loves me. And I get it. I get it. Tapping into his love. I knew that God loved me, but tapping into his love until you... It's got to make it from here to here. It's like the salvation message. That 18 inches from your mind to your heart. It's the same thing with the love. And it's like... You've got to choose peace. You've got to choose joy. You've got to choose love. You've got to believe that the Father loves you like he loves you so that you can love others like you're supposed to love others. So, you know, God chose you, right? He chose you. Why would he choose you if he didn't love you? We're all here because he loves us. So I'm going to give you some verses if you want to write them down real quick. If not... You can read them later. But they're all about him choosing you. Every single one are about him choosing you. We've got 1 Peter 2, 9. John 15, 16, and then verse 19. So 15, verse 16, and then verse 19. Ephesians 1, 4. Colossians 3, 13. Ephesians 2, 10. I told you you can get them later. I don't have time. i got to get through this. I will go. Yeah, I'll post it on Facebook. Romans 8, 28 and 30. (laughs) So why would God create us if he didn't love us? Right? He made plans for us before he formed us in our mother's wombs. He numbers the hairs on our heads. And Psalm 136, if you look, every single verse in Psalm 136 ends with his steadfast love endures forever. David was tapped in to how much God loved us. 100%. So it can't stay as just head knowledge. You've got to get this deep into your hearts. How can you do what it says in Matthew 28, 19? Go for, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. How can you do that without love? You can't. And trust me, having been out there now in another country, these people know if you love God or not. They can see it. They don't have to have the gift of the discerning of spirits to tell if you love God. You know, and Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, if I, sp- if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am but a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. People can tell, Period. They can tell. And the thing about it is, is if you don't believe how much God loves you, why do you expect them to believe how much God loves them? 
I mean, and this is what we're called to do. So, so when I felt when I felt his when I felt his presence, it 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 shook me. It shook me to my core. It it really did. I was shaken. I. And what I realized, and, and here's cool, interesting, scary thing, actually, if you stop and think about it, the whole thing about his love surpasses knowledge, I know that what he, what I felt was only a portion of wh- how he really loves us because we're not able to get that. We're not able to understand how much he loves us. We can't in our physical human bodies comprehend how much God loves us. And it's kind of like Moses not being able to look on the face of God or it would have killed him because his glory would have killed him. I'm not saying that if I would have felt the full measure of God's love that it would have killed me. But I, in my physical form, was not prepared. I was barely prepared for what I did feel in that moment. So, you know, but just because it surpasses knowledge doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right? And it's, it's, it's important. It's important that we get this. And before I left for Zambia, um, sadly, I lived in pretty much a constant state of doubt, worry, fear, you name it. I was more worried about what others thought about me um, than what God thought about me. But... And it's really funny that this actually was the verse of the day the other day. Perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I experienced that perfect love. And it's like now I'm, I'm not going to say I'm fearless. I'm not ready to go bungee jump or jump out of a plane or anything, Judy. Um, but, you know, there's this, there's this, it's just like, there's not much that could happen to me or be said to me or said about me or anything that's going to change how I feel because I know how he feels about me. And as long as I know how he feels about me, y'all, I love y'all, but, you know, but that's where we all need to get is we need to know how much he loves us. And I, you know, it's kind of like the thing I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I have felt a measure of his love that can never be taken from me. And I want so much for that, for each and every one of you. So, and here's the thing. It can be imparted to you. Um, Tonight is not the night. But what he gave me is freely available to each and every one of you. And honestly... We're running out of time. I mean, if you know your Bible, you read your Bible, you look at what's going on in the world, we are running out of time. And we don't have time for a bunch of believers to be running around out there not knowing who they are in Christ and not knowing his love for them. So they're not able to really show people who they are and who he is. And we're going to be having people come into this church that need him. They're going to be seeking it out. They're going to, like Pastor said, they're going to be driving out there and they're going to go, I need to go in there. 
And they're going to need a body of believers that are going to greet them with his love and his light and shine the light in the darkness. And this church is it. I told pastor, and I don't know when it's going to happen, and I hope it's okay that I say this, but I told pastor before I left that the Lord told me, y'all know this church has already talked about, right? You know, people talk funny about us. Get ready. Get ready because it's going to get more. Because this church, the Lord told me, is going to be a signs and wonders church. There are people in here that are moving in gifts. They're not walking in yet, but they're moving in gifts. And this church, people are going to be coming to this church. They're going to be talking about this church because the Lord is going to make this church a signs and wonders church. People are going to come here because they're looking for healing. They're looking for deliverance. They're looking for his love. It's going to be salvations, everything, prophecy, this church. CCC. So you guys need to get ready. You need to study up. You need, if you've got a gift, you need to start walking in it. There needs to be an activation. Um, but this is, this is what the Lord has for CCC. And, you know, I, I get it. Not everyone is, is called to the nations. Um, I'm blessed. That I that I got to do this, and that I get to go back and minister these pe- to these people. And yes, I am going back. I'm going back to Zambia um, to a, a base in um, a village called Chipepo or a chiefdom called Chipepo. And if everything works out, my focus is going to be women's ministry. So um, if that's what if if Chelsea and Shane agree, my focus will be w- women's ministry. Um, anything beyond that, I'm not really allowed to talk about right now. I have a class that I have to go to next month, um, for fundraising and stuff like that, but I get to go back and I get to, to, to minister to people in other countries, but there's people around here that need ministering to, to there's a mission field in our own backyard and they need you. I'm, I'm taken out of this. I can do some while I'm home, but they need you. And that's why you need love. You need his love. And I, and I pray that every single one of you understands that and gets how important it is uh, for his love, to understand his love, to realize that you are loved, and to realize who you are. Because let me tell you, your identity in Christ is the number one thing next to love that you need to get your identity crisis is someone that struggled with that for so long is the most important thing. You need to know who you are in him. You need to know who you are in him. You need his love. You need to share his love. So I just, I, I hope, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be around to talk to you guys. Um, but I just, I just pray that, uh, that you guys get it, you know, I'm, I, I prayed for this church as much as you guys don't understand how much I missed you. <laughs> I, I really did. I, I missed, I missed my spiritual family here and, uh, I'm blessed to have made it safely over there and safely back and to be up here tonight and speaking to you all and, and just letting you know that, that God loves you and you know, what he, what he gave me, what he showed me is is there for you, you know, if you just ask for it. Amen. It's it's there.
Praise God. You know, what I, Ginger, I want to share this with you. You can go ahead and, and, and sit down. But um, what, I, what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, when, when you experienced the love of God, it delivered you from the fear of man. That's why you came back differently than what you left. And I knew you would. And, uh, you know, when Ginger first came to me and started sharing with me what he felt like the Lord laid on her heart, you got to know something about me. If anybody comes to me and says, man, I feel like God, I'm going to just cheer you on, baby. I'm not going to try to discourage you. I'm just going to say, go, go, go. The time is short. You know, I can't see God telling us not to go into all the world because he's already told us in his word to go into all the world. Now, some are goers and many of us are givers. And uh, I spent many years on the mission field, Lee and I did uh, ourselves. So this church in particular, we've, we've already committed to 10% of everything we bring in, but we give well beyond that into home missions and foreign missions. And in the future, as, as uh, she goes to her class and begins to um, kind of get a, a feel for what her financial needs will be and branching out and even uh, going to other churches and raising support, I, I told her this when she went, and I've told every missionary, which was part of my main job back at Revival Temple, I was the missions pastor. So I communicated with missionaries, met with missionaries, spent a lot of time with missionaries, and I would have young people come to me and talk to me about the mission field that went on or are still serving on the mission field. It was a wonderful blessing, a good part of the ministry that God had for me. But um, I, I told Ginger, I said, there's two things that you have to have. And the number one main most important thing is the covering of a local church. Because those times in, in my first three days in Mexico City, we had been married two and a half weeks, three days on the mission field, and I nearly died in a hotel room of food poisoning. And I thought the same thing you did, Ginger. Where? What am I doing? Why am I here? Well, God, what are you doing? You're trying to kill me. And there's all those natural things that, you know, the first phone call was always back to my pastor and that church there at Revival Temple. And there were a lot of people in churches praying for us, but there's something special about the connection that Ginger has with this body and her spiritual family that will pay a lot of dividends in the future, Ginger, of the covering that you'll experience while you're there. Can we get another hand for Ginger? And just thank, thank you, Ginger, for sharing that word. And, uh, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit really is a baptism of love. And it's interesting you shared the same scripture that was on my heart driving here about nothing can separate us from the love that's in Christ. Nothing can. So would you stand with me tonight? I want to bless you. Um, encourage you Sunday. I've got a sermon working for you uh, that I think will just really bless you. We'll do a series um, over the four weeks of Christmas. And then on Wednesdays, the Lord has directed me to talk about Christmas clothing. So you don't want to miss this, you know. Next, next Wednesday, share. So bring your favorite Christmas dish, wear your Christmas attire. But then the, the Wednesdays leading up to Christmas, I've already started studying about Christmas clothing. And how all the way back to the Garden of Eden, how God himself with his own hands, think about that, fashioned a covering for Adam and Eve. He wasn't going to let him go without being covered. And I don't want to let you go without covering you in prayer right now in this moment. So, Father, with that heart, Lord, I pray that the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and turn towards you and to give you peace 
and to give you rest. May he bless your coming in and may he bless your going out. May he bless you in your home and bless you at work. May he put his angels solely around you and to carry you up and to protect you until he brings us back at the appointed time. Thank you, God, for this wonderful spiritual family. Thank you for the unity that you have birthed in this body. Thank you for the love that we have for the community, God. And, Father, I pray that you would fill us afresh and anew with that love, that as we go home, uh, Walmart, restaurant, wherever it is we go after this, may we be salt and light everywhere we go, Father. We love and we praise you, and we give you all the glory, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. And I thank you for coming into the house. Have a wonderful evening, y'all.